0: Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
2: Help, I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley.
3: Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I am a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and I've worked in the U.S. since retiring from medical practice. I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite, with an exclamation point. Now, from listening to family caregivers in previous episodes, here are some things I've learned. One, for family caregivers caring for family members, many of the health-related challenges are especially related to incurable health conditions. Two, with the aging of the population, Incurable health conditions are increasing and so also, therefore, is the burden on all family caregivers. More and more baby boomers are becoming family caregivers and, therefore, are confronting the burden of family caregiving, which is why our topic today is Baby Boomers Confront the Family Caregiving Challenge. And our guest is author Bart Mizen- Um Bart, just a little word or two about him, is host of www.mycarejourney.com, a community for family members caring for aging parents and other loved ones. He's co-author of the national bestseller Parenting Your Parents, Support Strategies for Meeting the Challenge of Aging in the Family. In writing it, he drew on personal experience with his elderly parents, also listening to hundreds of people Deep into Elder Care. Since its publication, that's the book's publication, he's addressed numerous audiences and appeared on dozens of radio and television interview and talk shows and national television specials. His recent books are The Family Elder Care Workbook and Planner and Aging Parents 200 Plus Practical Support Tips from My Care Journey. He holds a Bachelor of Philosophy degree with a concurrent major in journalism. He's a partner in the Minzenti and Roberts Corporation, which specializes in issues and crisis communications management and strategic communications planning. So, welcome to the show, Bart. Well, thanks. Glad to be here. Great. Now your turn. I'm going first question. Tell us a bit more about your background, your career, and your life's work, and how these influenced
4: you about
3: family caregiving.
4: You know, actually, you've given me such a great introduction, I don't have much left to add. <laughs> but but essentially, it's an interesting transition in a way because, as you mentioned, our firm specializes in issues, change, crises. And so it, it, if you think about it, that's kind of on a macro level, organizationally what happens and you translate that and transpose that to the family, and it is issues and crisis and and conflict and change that happens in the family when it comes to elder care. Uh, because as we tell people in the macro world of big crises, it's not it's not if it's when and what's going to happen. And conversely, it's exactly the same thing. In the family with elder care, obviously it's not if it really is all about when. The trouble is we want to dodge the when, uh, and what I've learned that just as corporate executives want to avoid reality, so do families when it comes to the whole issue of of looking at at aging in the family, at elder care, and it's always something—not always, but usually something um, major. Uh, that happens, a major confrontation in the family that suddenly uh, slaps everybody in the face and lurches them into reality. You say, oh my goodness, we could have seen this and we didn't. And I'll give you a really good example. Uh, my mother uh, developed some form of dementia. Of course, it's easy, easy to label it as Alzheimer's because everything is Alzheimer's these days, But uh, but essentially she had some kind of condition of cognitive impairment that we could have seen coming years ago, but we chose to avoid it. It was easier to make fun of it, to ignore it, to avoid it, than to deal with it. And when it finally became an issue and a crisis, we weren't prepared, but we could have been. So I think I have uh, learned from my professional career and my family experience that most of us really don't know how to prepare for what inevitably will happen to us when it comes to the issue of aging and elder care in the family.
3: That's the kind of crisis that you, you've you described in relation to family caregiving in families, was that the kind of thing that you want us to understand got you active and supportive of promoting family caregiving, or were there, were there other things as well that got you going?
4: I guess what got me going was that, well, it is really that. I think you've summed it up well, but uh, I, I, I've i evolved a little little one-liner that I think captures what I'm talking about, and and it goes like this. Uh, Our aging parents are in denial, and their boomer kids are in avoidance. So we build our own walls. We build our own barriers. We build our own obstacle course that, over time, becomes more difficult to climb, crawl, and work our way over. Uh, We have done that remarkably well. And as I talk to so many people, you you know, across the country and and, and, and elsewhere, uh, there's just such a consistent message that people aren't really understanding that we have a huge amount of, of leverage, we have a huge amount of ability to to mm-hmm. minimize the inevitable pain and hurt and agony that we're going to experience and make it into uh, the least the damaging, least hurtful, and most loving experience that we can create. And I think that's really up to us as families to do. And it all boils down to what we do in crisis communications and crisis management. Guess what? The scouts had it right. Be prepared. And we don't want to do that. We seem to work really hard. At uh, making it the most difficult possible uh, experience in our lives to to deal with uh, in, in in the process that will will be happening uh, it 's not hard it 's not rocket science it 's not brain surgery it 's about good human relations it 's about being aware it 's about not being afraid to broach the subjects that are generally uncomfortable for us uh, because of family situations because of age differences, and you know what else it is? It's because we're always children. We're 60, I'm 66 years old, I'm a child. Uh, we gotta call ourselves something else at age 40. We gotta re-, re we gotta redesign the relationship. Uh, we've got to make it different so our parents will not always look at us as their children. Being the child is is wonderful, but you know what? It's a piece of family baggage. Right. Now,
3: You've told us quite a bit about your mom. Is there anything else that you think is relevant to this discussion about your own family caregiving experience, other things that kind of complicated the situation or challenged you?
4: Bart? I think that um, what made it difficult was having... I'm an only child, and I didn't have a support, a family support system. You know, I've got a wife who's been massively understanding and supportive. I've got kids who have been helpful. But at the end of the day... It was all about what could I do for them, and what could the system do for them, and therefore how do I understand and work the system. In the case of my father, for example, he was going on 99 when he died, uh, and that was a situation where he was cognitively fine for many, many years, into well into his 90s, and it was uh, a point where I think he just basically stopped wishing to live. and. And the hard part for me was learning to respect his desire to work with him, to allow him to um, slide down the, the slope of, of life to his, 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 his preferred death. And that was really, it sounds terrible, uh, starving himself to death. And, and then fighting the medical system to not intervene in a way that would be inappropriate. Uh, you know, there were doctors who came to my parents' house and kept looking at him saying, well, you know, we should take him to the hospital. And I said, to do what? Well, we can observe him. Well, you can observe him here. Well, we can run tests. Well, there's no test you can't run from home. Uh, Well, you know, know, we can feed him. Well, you're not going to feed him anything that he's going to eat at home. Anyway, the long and short of it is, it was a real battle of of the system and and always second-guessing myself, am I doing the right thing? There's a really frightening aspect to this caregiving, especially towards the latter stages that makes you second-guess yourself a lot. And I think when um, we decided that it was time to, you look at, uh, you know, should we tube feed? Uh, Should we we be intrusive and tube feed? And it was a really hard moral issue for me because um, that would keep him alive forever, essentially. But for what? For what benefit? Certainly not his. The only beneficiary of that would be me because I'd have him. Uh, But that was... Really selfish on my part, and it was a very difficult soul-searching exercise to back away from that whole thing and say, you know what, he's got, to, he wants to let go, I've got to let him go, and that to me was a profound experience of, of what I hope was the right kind of love.
3: Right now, just a we've got a couple of minutes only. Family caregiving is a huge area, and you you're you are involved in a lot of it. Just please tell us quickly what your main focus is and why is it your main focus?
4: I I believe my main focus is to make people aware that because this is coming into the world or it's already there, deal with it and be prepared. Back to the scouts. The big message, if I've got one in my little life about this, is to make people say, I can do so much right now to deal with what's going to be happening with our family, with my parents, with my aunts and uncles, with me, that I can do something now to ensure that down the line we can deal with it better and smarter and, do, and make good judgments um, because we're prepared for it. I, I believe that I believe this is going to sound maybe potentially cynical to some, but you know, I think the ten thousand casket, ten thousand dollar casket is a guilt casket, not a good sound judgment casket. It's because sometimes we want to overdo the, the, the celebration after the fact because we didn't do the right things in the first place. I think that planning, I think that preparation, I think having critical conversations, uh, is where really it starts. It starts by sharing information, sharing aspirations, sharing fears, dreams and nightmares and finding how, as a family, and how you and your parents are going to deal with it.
3: It's Just to feed back to you, it's facing a kind of reality that many of us don't want to face and in many ways. Now, on that point, we're going to go into the break because one of our realities is that we have to pay the rent. So here goes. Um, This is Dr. Gordon Adler, and my guest is Bart Misenti. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back.
5: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Did you know that half of America's children will have at least one step-parent by the time they are 15 years old? Throughout history, children have been raised by step-parents, and that number continues to rise. Tune in to Step Wisdom with host Eleanor Alden for topical and historical research about the growing number of step families and learn the do's and don'ts of patterns of family interaction. Almost all of us will have a step relationship at some point in our lives. Tune in to Step Wisdom, Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice
0: America Variety. Do you feel as if your life is just filled with random awkward moments? Believe me, you're not alone. Tune in every Friday for Tag, the Awkward Girl Guide, with your host, Ashley Iola. Ashley has learned to own her awkward, and she guides you how to do the same. It's awkward, but it can be a lot of fun, too. We'll talk about relationships, sports, food, health, family life, and social life. Each show hopes to make you a bit more in control of your awkward. Tune in to Tag, the Awkward Girl Guide, Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America a variety channel.
5: Tune in for encouraging and motivational stories every week on Minding Your Business Living Life Beyond Invisible Barriers. Your host, Dr. David A. Blender, brings together guests from all walks of life who not only have found personal and professional success, but who are committed to help you achieve success. Each week, and with each story, we strive to change the world a little bit at a time. Minding Your Business, Living Life Beyond Invisible Barriers is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
2: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
3: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. I'm Bart Mizzenti. Our topic is Baby Boomers Confront the Family Caregiving Challenge. So now let's talk about baby boomers themselves, but, you know, we hear
4: a lot about them.
3: What actually do we know about them as a population and the
4: trends
3: that affect them?
4: Well, what we do know about them is there's a lot of them. I was uh, probably the third boomer ever born in the world. But if you look, uh, I think those who were looking at people in their mid-60s and trailing back to their mid-40s principally. There are those who argue it comes a little further either side. But we're talking about a lot of people. We're talking about millions of people in North America. In fact, globally, it's not just, you know, they talk about the silver tsunami. Well, it really is. And... Um, some people call them the sandwich generation, and I prefer to call them the shoulder generation because any generation can be a sandwich generation. But I think a shoulder generation is more appropriate because I think we're shouldering more. We are, in many cases, shouldering our children coming back home for a period of time, whether because it's uh, uh, they can't find a job or it's a failed marriage, but whatever reason, Many of us have kids who move back home for a period of time, and suddenly we're shouldering them. Uh, we're shouldering our parental needs. We're shouldering our career needs. We're shouldering our own uh, plans about our future and how to wind down our work life and have you know, some time for the rest of our life. Uh, we know that, uh, that, that, something, that, that something like 70-some percent of, of North American boomers have living uh, parents, uh we know that uh, millions of them uh are are giving some sort form of care and that about a quarter of them will need to more actively help their aging parents down the line. Uh so we also know that the vast majority, uh something like sixty percent, uh and based on one study, have never discussed longer term plans and needs with their parents and in laws. Uh so they're you know so they're setting themselves up for some failure. So we know there are lots of us, and we know that the trend is uh, looking at how are they going to get a life, how are we going to get a life, and how are we going to balance it with looking after other people's lives we care for.
3: Right. Now, when baby boomers are family caregivers, kind of environment you've just, just been describing, I take it that we're talking about members of the family who are parents or seniors, and if that's the case, what most commonly are the health conditions that require the baby boomer's care, family caregiving.
4: Well, wow, well, you know, that is such a wide, wide range. But I think if we want to generalize, just generalize, I mean, there's, it's, it's pretty obvious that some forms of cognitive impairment uh, emerge and and have to be dealt with, and sometimes it's very mild and can be done with medication and not a lot of necessarily hands-on supervision and care. And as it, as it you know as it as it deteriorates and you get into all sorts of cognitive issues, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, um, Alzheimer's being really the most prevalent and and, and well-known, uh, it creates a whole new care regimen within the family as as parents can be left alone less and less without some kind of hands-on help. Diabetes is a big issue. It's an emerging issue, as you know, as a, as a, as a medical man. You, you know, I'm sure you're watching the just the, the explosion of diabetes as an issue in, in health, especially with the elderly. I know heart conditions become an issue, but a real issue is that as the elderly get older and are seeing more specialists, it's the, it's, it's the whole issue of, of aligning the different specialist views and and, and prescriptions and and uh, prognosis in some kind of a centralized way, so that somebody knows uh, what everybody's doing. Right. You know, we can we can get ourselves we can get our, our parents pilled silly if we don't watch it. Yep. Yep.
3: Now, what types of help do baby boomers need when they're family caregivers, and where do they get the help from, and what types of help? Do they find challenging or difficult to
4: get, and why? Oh boy, oh boy! Now you've opened a real can of worms, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and that's precisely the point. Baby boomers have very few resources. If you look at, for example, the Alzheimer's Society does a great job helping um, helping uh, boomers understand what their parents' needs are and offer some help to those individuals who are the boomers themselves. but it. it and I'm not singling out Alzheimer's for anything necessarily, just saying that that's, it's the programs are there. But boomers need more than that, and they need each other. They need to learn from each other. They need to learn the system and the healthcare system and how to operate within it. They need to look, learn how to look after themselves. And they're not being taught that. That's, for example, why we... Created my care journey as as a destination online for people to actually be able to talk to each other. Uh, I happen to personally believe that the greatest resource out there we've got is each other, and and we need to spend more time sharing information and sharing stories and and reinforcing each other. Um, everybody thinks they everybody thinks they're the only ones who have aging parents. As uh, far as I know, every one of us has, or at least had. And I think our job, if we're going to be wise about it, is to learn from each other and learn strategies of how to keep ourselves as well as we can.
3: That leads actually to very well to the next question, which is baby boomers age. They can't fend that off any more than anybody else can. And therefore, they experience the effects of age on their own health. So, what kind of challenges does that generate? for them when they're providing family caregiving? And how should they confront those challenges? Or to take a a line from you, Bart, how should they plan for those challenges, Bart?
4: uh, You're asking some very, very hard, hard questions that are are actually excellent to ponder for anybody out there. Michael Gordon, who's the uh, top geriatrician in the country, um, when we wrote the book, uh, Parenting Your Parents, really taught me something as I was in the midst of my caregiving journey. And he said, Bart, you know what? If you don't stay healthy, nothing else matters because you can't do your job. You can't look after everybody else if you're not looking after yourself. And the challenge is to do precisely that, and I think the biggest part of that is, is the physical and emotional burnout From trying to run in too many races at once, between looking after kids who might be back, your own spouse who obviously wants time and attention, your job, which is a a bit of a priority, uh, and your aging parents, if you just look at that, it doesn't leave a lot of time. I think people need to really work hard at carving out some very personal me time and and having downtime and quiet time. And, and, and understanding that it's okay to give yourself space and room. I think physical activity becomes paramount, not just because we're getting older, but because as we do, obviously, we all have a bigger battle of the bulge and we have a bigger battle with staying fit. And and, and if you're run down physically uh, that or you're not as well as you can be physically, that's going to add another dimension. So I think it's both the, 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 the mental... Uh, health regimen and the physical fitness combined—that's going to make us well on this uh, this journey of discovery. Because that's precisely what it is.
3: Now you talked about guilt. Uh, you were talking about um, give the word fancy coffins as an expression of our guilt that we may not have done all that we think we should have done. How important is guilt? in the kind of circumstances you're talking about where family caregivers, boomers or not, are tired, they're exhausted, they're psychologically concerned, and yet people are telling them to, as you have just advised, and you're right, by the way, uh, take it easy, give some time for yourself, keep your strength up. What about guilt and the role that it plays in that kind of situation?
4: I think guilt is probably the biggest single menace in our lives when it comes to lots of things, but especially elder care, because we're always trying to second guess, you know, what could we do, what should we do, what didn't we do, what else can we do, and we drive ourselves crazy. I think there's two kinds of guilt, really. I think there is that is induced and that's our parents sometimes saying, "Where are you? I need you. You're never paying enough attention to me. I could be dead because you haven't called." You know, we have all these these kind of guilt trips, but it's actually uh, them trying to draw us closer. It's not meant to be a guilt trip, but that's how it's used. The other is self-inflicted, and that's what you're talking about. And 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 that is us doing this number on ourselves where we just can't, can't stop wondering what else we could or shouldn't do. And I think there's a very simple, very simplistic solution to that, that actually I used and it helped me hugely. I stood in front of the mirror and I simply said in the mirror, you know what, I'm doing the best job I possibly can to help my parents. And if I'm doing that and I can say that with absolute conviction and certainty and, 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 and honesty, and that definition of what that best is is going to be different for everybody, but if I can say that, you know what, I don't need to have any guilt. I'm just doing a number on myself.
3: So what you're saying is that uh, it's necessary to look in the mirror and know that you can live with yourself for what you're doing uh, because what you're doing you've thought through and there's a rationale, there's a reason for it. Is that
4: right? Have I got that right? Well, I think you have got it absolutely right because I think the strongest example of that for me was, again, with my father deciding to, to stop eating. The, the 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 moral dilemma I faced about am I doing the right thing? You know, should I let him do this? Should I have him hospitalized? Should I have him tube fed? My goodness, those are terrifying questions. Uh, and I know in my heart that I made the right decisions. And once I made them, I lived with them. But but had I let myself start second guessing, I think I would have put myself into the hospital.
3: And that defeats the whole system that everybody's relying on, including the person who's being looked after and the person who's providing the care, doesn't it?
4: Well, that's it's, absolutely right. I mean, that's the whole point that Michael Gordon made. He said, if, you, if you're not well, how are you going to look after anybody else? Right.
3: And, of course, that raises questions of health care costs, too. In other words, does the, the cost caring for the person who's the elder but there's also the question of caring for the child, as you put them, um, in those kinds of circumstances. And so these are not just questions for families. These are questions for society.
4: Well, are bigger issues. And, you know, what we forget is, we, uh, is that this is a global issue. It's not, not an issue of the United States or Canada. Look at Japan. Huge societal issues as a whole family uh, compact changes. Uh, China, uh, you look at Eastern Europe. Uh, you, I mean, just it, 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 the, it's the world is full of this problem. It's huge. Now, on that point,
3: we're going to have to take the break again because it's that time. This is Dr. Gordon Averley, and my guest is Bart Mincenti. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back.
5: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, Tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. How has your belief system been formed? Has it been based on others telling you what to believe? Do you desire to make changes in your life that you know will bring you deeper fulfillment? Tune in to The Ripple Effect with Catherine Cloward for your weekly dose of inspiration and encouragement. Whether it be in your business, personal relationships, or family life, this show will help you recognize and trust your intuitive knowing. Catherine and her guests will help inspire you to make fulfilling choices for your life. The Ripple Effect is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety.
0: Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about.
5: The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Well, you know I need
2: someone. Oh. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to DocG at mymonami.com. That's dot com. That's DocLetter G at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
3: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. and am Bart Misenti. Misenti, sorry. Our topic is Baby Boomers Confront the Family Caregiving Challenge. Uh, so let's now talk about the care that the family members need from Baby Boomer Family Caregivers. So... But first question, what chiefly are the challenges faced by the family members of baby boomer family caregivers? What's involved for baby boomer family caregivers in understanding and responding to those challenges? You've already mentioned several points that family caregivers need, but I'd like you to expand on that. Just what are the changes that challenges that they're facing.
4: Well, I mean, and you just hit the keyword: the changes. We've got to get our antenna up and watch for changes in our parents, <laughs> uh, the old stereotypical ones that are linked to Alzheimer's, the burnt pot, the mismatched socks, this, the, the, the stopping of shaving, the things like that. We need to look at signs of change in our parents, but because we tend to see them fairly often, or if not, we tend to see them as we wish to see them. We often miss the signs and the early warning signals that could really help. So number, number one on my hit list is, is being, you know, acutely aware of your parents' condition as they're getting older. Uh, the uh, one that's, that's right lockstep with that is elder proofing their, 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 their home, their, wherever they live in a condo or a house or wherever they are, making sure that there are two sided tape attached to loose carpets that there are bumpers on the edge of sharp uh furniture that stairs have rubber mats or carpeting and not just the wood or or, or whatever else there is uh, look for how to ensure that the lighting is is much better in a house. Uh, Look for when they might need assisted aids in the bathroom of getting in and out of a bathtub so there isn't a fall there. It's just amazing how many logical preemptive steps we could take to start this journey to, again, reduce the the, uh, element of risk for our parents.
3: Um, I'm going to ask you a very quick question there. This is to you. Do you actually offer advisory services of any kind in relation to the things you've just been talking
4: about? No, no, I just, I, I host the website, I've got my books, and I love to go and talk to organizations, and that's the extent of the advisory service. Um, I mean, there are lots of people out there who are selling you know, support services in local markets, and some of them are, are are excellent, and some of them, I think, are trying to be. Um, so there are lots of resources. There are a lot more resources, I think, than people even imagine.
3: That's an uh, important point. In other words, to look for them.
4: Yes. Now, and, I'm and, and I know that when we started writing this book, the original version of the book, uh, Parenting Your Parents, 10 years ago, it, we were hard-pressed to find any services. Today there are thousands of them.
3: Right. Now, let's talk about the types of family caregiving that family members uh, need uh-huh. from the baby boomers, family caregivers. You know, what, what, what actually do family members need to be given and the way of care, and what are the challenges that those needs create?
4: Well, there are two kinds of need buckets to look at. One is the physical kind, food, shelter, you know, appropriate clothing, those kinds. And then there's the emotional uh, level, and I think the emotional is the one that people should spend more time thinking about than the, the physical aspects. The physical are pretty obvious usually, but one of the ones that is huge that we often take for granted and forget is how to protect their sense of dignity and self-respect. How do we really ensure that our parents feel that they there's a need for them, a sense of respect for them, an acknowledgement for what they've done and what they believe they are. I believe that people who are getting older feel their sense of growing helplessness sometimes and vulnerability. And that's got to be a terrifying personal experience in some way, in some level. We need to be conscious of that. We need to help them feel that their life is important, that they are important, that their opinions are important. You know, stopping driving is one of those major, major uh, moments in the process of aging that can break up families for crying out loud and create arguments and tensions galore. How do you deal with that? How do you deal uh, with the symbols of independence that people are going to lose as they get older? I think that's an area that we just simply need to be more conscious of and spend more time dealing with. These are things that should be planned for. Is that right? Well, that's the whole notion of planning. Thank you. It goes around in full circle. You know, how do we help them if we don't know what they need, what they want? How do we plan? Because you know what? There will be a fall. There will be a broken arm or a broken hip. There may be a stroke. There could be a heart attack. There could be a whole bunch of things. If we don't have a game plan, when those things happen, it's a little late to start planning, you know, uh, after the fact. And right. that's what it's all about. So this is not, again, something that should be that difficult, but it's something we should do more of, yes. Right. Now,
3: this is often a slightly different direction, and it's this point that, you know, healthcare, the kind of stuff that doctors and nurses do, is necessary. There's no question about it, um, and often necessary. But it's often also insufficient especially when the medical condition is incurable. It doesn't mean to say we don't need doctors and nurses, but what it does mean to say is that we need some other things. So what are the other things that you think, the other types of care and support that are also needed, and which of these can the baby boomer family caregiver actually provide?
4: Um, I I, I, <laughs> I think that... Can just can we just let, let me work into that with, with another point? You just raised something that's really, I think, important for us to all consider, and that is the medical system is so huge. And as we said, the more the older you are, the more specialists you tend to have, and the more doctor's appointments you tend to have, is um, making sure that those doctor appointments actually are productive. And I became a great proponent of people going to medical appointments with their aging parents because doctors usually, as nice as they can be, don't have great amount of time, great amounts of patience, and they do speak in code because they've got a language all their own. And an aging person isn't going to hear as well, isn't going to move as well, isn't going to process as well, and so they're going to come away from a doctor's appointment that could be critical with not knowing actually what happened. Right. And how do we protect that and how do we protect um, our parents from making sure that the right things happen to them? So I think a big chunk of what we as family members can and should do is work the system, the healthcare system with our parents to make sure that things are coordinated, that things are understood, That people know, that that our aging parents know what that medication's for. Uh, that we look at all the medications and make sure they're not conflicting. That what they got 20 years ago when they were in their, in their, in their early 60s, uh, is still as helpful in their early 80s because some drugs change in terms of what they do as people age in terms of the impact of that drug. Uh, so I think we've got to look at the healthcare system and our role in it in protecting our parents and being advocates for them.
3: Got it. Now let's talk about things that lie completely outside the healthcare system, and just kind of to give you a couple of prompts. For example, there's financial matters, which all families, in my experience, have problems with in this sort of context we're talking about. There's also the question of socialisation. There's something called um, I saw a, a, a specialised cafe. Uh, sometimes called the Alzheimer's Cafe, where, you know, family caregivers, people are looking after and there's maybe somebody there just to make sure that nothing goes wrong. And what they do is to meet socially. Sometimes they sing and sometimes they chat and sometimes they just enjoy it. So those aren't things that you will characteristically associate with um, the healthcare system. What are your th- external, non-healthcare things that you would want to point out to people as need?
4: I think the final, let's take them in order. I think the financial is one that it becomes very dicey in most families. I think a lot of the parents who are our parents who are of that era where they experienced the Depression in the Second World War, you know, uh, tend to have kind of this need to to hold financial Uh, information very tightly. They're they're not big on sharing. They're also those those older parents who worry that the only reason that their kids want to know is to see how much they're going to inherit. Um, The financial aspect is so difficult to deal with and yet so important to get it right. I think that the biggest conversations that we can sometimes have with aging parents is to say, look, you know, what you've acquired and accumulated is for your protection, your comfort, and your joy. I'm not here for that. I'm here to make sure you can take those assets and live them to the, use them to the fullest for, for the rest of your life. And you need to tell me how you want to apply that money. Let me help you plan and get the right financial advice to make sure that every penny that you've ever put away is used in the way you want. It's not about me. It's not for me. It's not for your grandkids. It's for you. And if there's something left in the pot afterwards and you really want fine, that 's not what it should be about and and those are difficult conversations to have and and um, but they 're so important because it starts breaking down the barriers that we build again to having conversations but also about finances because they 're so so personal in, in, in such a way so that I think covers financial
3: see <laughs> social things but just fairly quickly we're going to run out of time in a second
4: okay, sorry go, go on couple of so- social uh, so socialization side I, there are lots of services around run by agencies run by hospitals run by uh, elder care services that do precisely what you say and those are such important <clears throat> activities to involve aging parents in it gives them a social outlet you're right it gives them friends it gives them it keeps them from being alone in their home and that's really important Uh, We've got to keep aging parents' minds active as best we can, and one way is to keep them socially engaged. Right. Now,
3: on that point, I'm just going to make one quick sort of observation, and we'll go into the break and we'll come back out again um, talking about what's going to be done in the future. But just one quick point. You know, all these diseases that you mentioned, uh, dementia, diabetes, heart conditions, one of the things that medical research is showing that all of those can lead to dementia and something like Alzheimer's disease. So, that the sa- uh, a sad thing is that even a physical disorder may lead to the deterioration of the mind, and that's very troublesome, not only for the person, but also for the family. Now, with that, it's time to take the break once more. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guest is Bart Vincenti. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned, we're coming back.
5: Tune in to the Hoffman Connection for inspiration, a life of passion and purpose. Hosts Raz and Grossi and Ed McLuhan will bring you ways to remove the blocks in your life that are holding you back. Along with their guest experts, Raz and Ed will use their experience and expertise to help you learn to get closer to what matters to you most. And by doing so, improve your life and the lives of others. The Hoffman Connection can be heard live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Come back to your senses. Imagine a radio show that will help you recover your common sense. Host Leah Brenda Smith is a health and wellness specialist who will explain techniques designed to help you recover from the stress of your life. It's all about how you respond to your thoughts. A little bit of self-awareness can go a long way in helping you to relax and enjoy your life. Tune in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio, live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
4: Well, you know I need someone ah!
2: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
3: Welcome back to our list of Family Caregivers Unite and Bart Monsenti, your our topic is Baby Boomers Confront the Family Caregiving Challenge. So let's talk about the future for baby boomers as family caregivers, given what we've been saying, which is that family caregiving is getting more and more important as the population ages. So, But how can baby boomer families be helped more with their family caregiving?
4: Well, for that, I think we have to look at our governments and what we don't seem to have is a really forward-looking national strategy on aging and elder care in the family and what that means to families there's no blueprint that says here is a kind of how we need to approach uh the care and handling of aging people in our country and and most any country that's the case, Scandinavian countries seem to have a real leg on, a, uh, on us in that regard. <clears throat> but we need to have some kind of a guiding process that, that, that tells us about how we're going to approach these things so that we as individuals have some sense of what we can count on and what we can't. Because right now the only thing we can count on is ourselves pretty well. Uh, there are some attempts by the government, you can see, of giving us tax credits and things, but when you think about how much we save the health care system through family elder care activities, it's a stunning amount. It's billions of dollars, uh, which I think we don't mind giving, but some return support to make that more reciprocal and more of a level playing field would be pretty, pretty uh, helpful to us all.
3: But this is a tricky question, but, you know, my profession and the government and the bureaucracy tend to refer to family caregivers as informal caregivers, and maybe I'm being neurotic, but I think that's looking down on family caregivers as not all that important. Now, maybe I'm going too far, but would you agree that what family caregivers are doing needs better recognition and better respect?
4: Well, absolutely. I think we're called informal because the formal are more the ones you associate as being paid help that you bring in, <clears throat> like social you know, um, uh, care, uh, help uh, in, in the home and, and in retirement homes and elsewhere. So I think that what we see is, is, is that that is, is kind of the division of the title. So informal is, I think, more of a shorthand that's a handy, handy shorthand for government. But I think it's totally inappropriate, and it, it only totally gives the wrong impression. There, it's anything but informal. Uh, look at the average family and the kind of hours that are, that are being spent, on average from anywhere from 12 to 15 uh, hours a week and up. Uh, of of, uh, of caregiving in the family and the numbers just certainly go up from there. I mean, I was spending on average when both my parents were alive and, and sliding downhill, I was spending upwards of 35 hours a week on looking after my parents and 35-40 hours a week on my job and you know what? I didn't have time for much anything else. Right. It's a full-time job. Now. We're still looking to the future. What
3: more can baby boomer family caregivers be expected to do in the future?
4: I think the biggest thing we can start doing is using technology better. There is emerging a lot of technology that allows us to monitor uh, our parents to keep them more independent. There's everything from you know uh, how and when drugs are taken, about uh, movement in the home, about monitoring them, about uh, technology to engage them, technology to communicate with them. And I think all of us should be looking at how we can use communications, sorry, how we can use technology and how we can help them understand how to use technology uh, because it's not as complicated as it was. It's easy to cop out and say, oh, this is too complicated, but when you're down to voice commands, it's not that complicated. I think we can use technology substantially better than we're doing. I think we could use each other substantially better than we're doing just by networking, communicating, and sharing, and and learning from each other. So there's two areas that are very easy to apply, but we just got to make the conscious decision to do that. Right. Just a very...
3: Kind of argumentative point. Are there, is there any downside to all of this technology? Is it, is it something that brings any risk, do you think? Well,
4: I mean, I guess you could argue that, you know, because we're, technology has become such a way of the world and, and you look at uh, electronic health issues, you can talk about, Privacy and, 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 and all those issues that come with it, which are horrifically complex and complicated. Uh, and I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are moral issues about does technology take over you know, family caregiving and does that allow us to walk away from it? Uh, so I think there are lots of issues and questions, but I think if we take a, you know sh- small but sure and thoughtful steps forward, we can incorporate a lot of what our roles could be, whether it's government, the healthcare system, or, you know, local services or us in the home, uh, we can collaborate much more effectively going forward if we had an enlightened game plan. Right. Now,
3: in a moment, I'm going to
4: ask you to give your final
3: message, so to speak, to baby boomers who are starting out as family caregivers. But I have just one question before we go there. You talked about um, baby boomers who are just now encountering the family caregiver challenge. And you talked about their needs to communicate with each other, to learn from themselves, uh, and also their needs to look after themselves. So are the things that family caregivers, baby boomers, um, can do more for themselves using Internet technology, which you talked about, to communicate among themselves, for example, and to support each other by sharing experience? Do you see any opening there?
4: Well, I think that, that there is. I mean, it's not happening that much. I know. Again, you know, this is, and I'm not meaning to, to, to focus on my care journey, but that's precisely why we started that whole, whole uh, web community, that, that online community. And what you see is people coming, but you don't see people as opening up and engaging as much as they might. You don't see the kind of technology use, or even face-to-face use. I'm always amazed when I speak publicly with a group and and I say to them, now, would you consider sitting down and talking to each other again? And they all go, yeah. And and would you have thought of that before tonight? And they go, no. Okay. So it's really getting people to recognize that there is power and strength in numbers and in experiences and all, all those kinds of things. So I think that that becomes a very important aspect uh, and we need to do more of that. Right.
3: So what's your message for baby boomers are just starting out on this
4: tough road? My message, my message is pretty simple. You know what? Please take it from me and all I've learned and all I've experienced personally. Start uh, at taking an inventory of, of what you have, of what you need. Start doing an inventory of your parents' condition and where, where documentation is and get power of attorney and uh, both health in general and look at living wills and look at all those things that are uncomfortable but look at them now so you won't be as uncomfortable later so that you can cope better on your journey than in many ways I did in mine
3: right now I just wanted to sort of summarize back to you we're going to go out of time in a second but What you've been saying about the communication, particularly among family caregivers, comes across very strongly from all the conversations I have with people who are family caregivers, and I'm talking about on this show, or people like you who know a lot about, a great deal about this field. That's the first of their needs, to know that they're not alone. There are other people who've been through this further down the road, got experiences to share, and you've already met that point. Second thing that I hear is that they need more and better information and you mentioned earlier on that doctors tend to talk in code uh, and they sure do but what family caregivers need is and this is what we've heard many times is information that's that's first of all trustworthy secondly that's understandable and thirdly that's actually useful to people who are struggling with challenges of family caregiving. So I'm kind of adding that as um, a little bit of a summary back to you. Now, I know I'm um, echoing something that um, you've already said, but I want to emphasize the importance of it, because if family caregiving is going to more and more fall on the shoulders of baby boomers, uh, and you've said it is, and you're right, I believe you on that one, then we need to do the things you've been talking about, which is to give them better support so that they don't exhaust themselves in what they're doing. So I'm afraid on that point, we have to close. Uh, the tyranny of time is on top of us. <laughs> I want to say thank you, first of all, to our listeners. I want to say thank you particularly to Bart you know, for sharing with us your story, your experience, your insights, and your advice, and also that sense of activism that you've got. And I once or twice have felt like calling out to you family caregivers unite with that exclamation point uh, as a way of mobilizing the family caregivers behind you so thank you very much
4: well thank you very much and i we all should unite you're absolutely right (laughs) all right
3: now in our next episode we're going to be talking about using social media to connect young persons with autism so please join us same same time same spot on the internet